Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. Hey, Legacy Church, Pastor Matt here. I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas as we are coming to you today on this Christmas Eve. We are so excited for these next few days and what it's going to bring, the the cheer and the holidays and the joy that it brings in this season. And so we're so thankful for that today. Uh, I'm bringing you this message and I'm so excited to do that. We're going to be reading today from Luke chapter two, and I'm going to read a good chunk of scripture here uh, through verse eight to chapter or through verses eight to all the way to verse 20. And it says this, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. How many know that uh, through this season and through these holidays and through what's going on in the world, we need somebody to come to us and say, Do not be afraid. He said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone to into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed and what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I'm going to pray for you today. God, we are so thankful for your word. We are so thankful for this holy word that you have given us. So God, I just thank you for these next few moments as you lead us and guide us. And as uh, you reveal to us this truth, Lord, that it would sink deep within our hearts in this season. It would challenge us not to be... uh, uh, not to be concerned with what's going on around us, not to be concerned with our situation, but that we would focus on you through this holiday season. So God, we are so thankful for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't know about you, and as we have been going about this holiday season, uh, there's lots of songs that we sing. I was just in the car yesterday with my daughter, and she was complaining that I listened to Christmas music way too much, and she just said, I will listen to anything else 
but Christmas music. And I just said, no, we're listening to Christmas music. But I think about all these songs that we th sing. I think about Jingle Bell Rock. I think about um, Joy to the World. Joy to the World is one of these songs I think we sing every year. And if you sing this song every year, whether it be at church, whether it be with family, however you sing it, I think so often we get so uh, just familiar with the words, but we don't actually let those words sink into the inside of us. And so I want to read those lyrics to you today because I think it's so important that we recognize that in this song, this song that was written so many years and years and years ago, that there is the answer to our problems right here in this song. And this is what the lyrics say. They say, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. How many know that there has been a lot that has gone on in this year? There has been a lot that has gone on in our lives. There has been a lot that has gone on in our world all around us. And uh, the question that I would love to ask today on this Christmas Eve is, have we been able to look in the mirror in this last season? Have we been able to look in the mirror this last year and say, I'm full of joy? See, when you look at my life, when you look at your life, when you look at it in uh, the idea of a picture, uh, our life is always going to be full of something. See, we have to look at our life almost as a cup or a container, and our life is always going to be full of something. See, I've seen a lot of people uh, all the time, they're, they're definitely full of something. They're full of negativity. They're full of entitlement. They're full of anxiety. They're full of fear because of what's coming or what is going on around us. Uh, maybe some of you say today, maybe you've met my neighbor because he's full of crap. Uh, see, we're all full of something. We are full of fear because we've what we've experienced because of what we've gone through. We're full of anxiety. We're full of all these things because of these external circumstances that are happening all around us, causing us to live in fear, causing us to live in anxiety. But the thing is that I want to tell you is the thing is you don't get to control what happens to you, but you do get to control how you respond respond and what comes through you on the other side of it. And I think that's important to understand is that, yes, things can come at us in this life. Life happens, but guess what? We get to respond on the other side of it in a, in a different way. And I think the problem is, is I think we think that joy comes from our circumstances. Well, you say to me, you don't know that person, what they did to me. They stole my joy by their cho choices. They stole my joy by their words. They stole my joy by what they did to me in my life. Life. The thing is, people don't get to take from you what Christ 
already paid for. He already paid for that. Joy doesn't come from a place or a possession, but joy comes from God. See, joy is a key theme all throughout the Bible. And if we call, we call ourselves Christians, it's supposed to be something that radiates from our lives in everything that we do. That word joy in the original Greek is chara, C-H-A-R-A, which means it's a feeling of inner gladness, delight, or rejoicing. See, joy in the New Testament is always used to signify happiness that is based on spiritual realities, but it is independent of what is happening in your everyday life. See, joy is a depth or a confidence that results in a cheerful heart. Joy doesn't come from favorable circumstances, but it comes from God himself. Uh, in Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of just eating or drinking, but it is of righteousness, of peace, and of joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, these three things that we see here are a result of joining the kingdom of God. They're a result of saying yes to Jesus and allowing him to come into your life and you get uh, become a part of the kingdom of God in that moment. And so here we see in this passage in Romans, there are three Three, uh, there are three distinctives that come as a part of joining the kingdom of God. That is righteousness, that is peace, and that is joy. Well, how do you enter the kingdom of God? I just said this. You enter the kingdom of God when Jesus becomes the Lord and the Savior of your life. The kingdom is not necessarily a geographical location. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is something that is in the hearts of of his people. It is God's rulership, his dominion, his domain. If you uh, have not, you will not have, a, maybe at the end of this, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If you haven't done that yet, we don't want any service, any online service to go by without giving you an opportunity to say yes and to make your life right today. The first thing that you receive when you enter the kingdom of God is righteousness. Righteousness is to be made right with God. God. We see that in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It talks about the word righteousness, meaning God's approval or being considered right in his eyes. See, when God sees you, he approves of you because you are a bearer of his righteousness. In other words, you are justified in his sight. See, this is a gift that is given to us. We're not made right with God because of our works and because of those things, but it is by grace that through faith, uh, by the blood of Jesus, that we are made righteous. Because we have been made righteous, we have com clear communication, clear relationship with God. And there is an authority that we walk in in righteousness. There is an authority that we walk in. There is a power that is released to us that we have access to that I think we don't necessarily realize that we have this power and this authority that we can walk into. There is a peace in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that there is peace that passes all understanding. See, the enemy will try to come in. He'll try to bring counterfeit peace, whether it be through certain circumstances, whether it be through uh, certain addictions and certain things in my life that, that, that would try to bring certain peace. But those things are temporary. He cannot counterfeit true 
peace. See, it doesn't mean that troubles don't come, but it should mean that there is a peace that comes in Christ. See, I've been in a season in my life where uh, I feel like I haven't had peace over certain circumstances and things that were happening in my life, and I had to realize and I had to get back into alignment with the kingdom of God that peace is a part of his kingdom. I had to get myself back into alignment and understand that peace is a part of the kingdom. It comes with that decision that I made. Sometimes we get off course. Sometimes we must get ourselves back into the word of God, back into alignment the way that God wants us to live our lives. Some people so often get hung up on the things of this life. They get caught up in the things of this world, and we need to uh, stop turning to worldly solutions. We need to turn back to the word of God that says that peace is a part of this, that righteousness is a part of this kingdom walk that we're on. See, the Bible tells us that we're to be in the world, but not of the world. And too often, I think we're looking for worldly solutions when we actually need to get back in the word of God and recognize that peace is promised to us, that this is a part of this life. The last distinctive is joy. Joy. One of the distinctives of the kingdom of God is joy. One of the things that belong to us in him is joy. In other words, joy is part of our inheritance. Joy is a part of saying yes to Jesus. See, we see joy as the fruit or evidence of God's spirit living within us. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. It is joy. It is peace. It is patience. It is kindness. It is goodness. It is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, some of us, we need uh, just, some of us, I think, would say, like, I will just take two of those things instead of all of those things. Just give me some love and give me some joy. Give me some love and give me some patience because I can't stand my coworker. If you would have saw them at the Christmas party, I couldn't stand them. I couldn't be around them. But come on, this is the fruit of the Spirit that we are to live in love, that we are to have have joy, that we are to have peace and patience, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, I think sometimes we see the fruit of the Spirit as a list of things that we're supposed to live up to, a list of things that we're supposed to be, but the fruit of the Spirit, first and foremost, is we have to recognize that that is the character of God. This is who God is. I think sometimes our perspective of God can be off. We think God is love. Well, you see all these people picketing and you see these people and the way that they talk about certain things and the way that they hate. We see joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I think if you've ever seen the Chosen series, the way that they portray Jesus is someone who is full of joy. He's not someone who is down and out, but he is someone who is always full of joy, who is always uplifting those who are around him. And that's what this is. These are first and foremost the character of who our God is. See, when you keep your focus on Jesus, when you keep your focus and when you keep your mind in line with the word of God and with the scripture, when we are in his word, we get the mind of Christ. See, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come and work on the inside of us, you will start to be full of joy. You'll start to be full of peace. You'll start to have more patience with your coworker. You'll start to have kindness.
kindness to those around you. You'll start to live in goodness. You'll start to have more faithfulness, gentleness, and even self-control. See, in this walk, when we go grow closer to him, we will start looking more like this. We will start looking more joyful. We will start living in greater peace. We will have greater patience. The closer that we get to Jesus, these things will become our attributes. These things will become a part of our life. The closer you get to Jesus, the more joy that we will have. See, that is my prayer for you for uh, this new year and this new season. As we're about to step into 2024, my prayer for you is that you would walk in supernatural joy, that there would just be a great joy that would come upon you, that no matter what circumstance comes against you, no matter what things happen in your life, that there would be a supernatural joy that would be attached to the other side of it. And that is my prayer for you walking into 2024. See, no matter what you've walked through or are walking through in this moment, the devil will not steal my joy. And that's something that I have to remind myself of every day. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult it may seem, the devil is not going to steal my joy today. The devil is not going to steal my joy in 2024. He's not going to steal my joy walking into January. He's not going to steal my joy in February when we stop going to the gym and we've already broken our New Year's revolution. resolution. See, no matter what you walk through, the devil will not steal your joy. And that's a mindset I think we need to have walking into this new year. Maybe you could cut me off the road, but you will not steal my joy. Maybe you will try to take me out. Maybe you'll try to slander me. Maybe you'll try to speak words against me, but you will not take my joy. See, joy comes from having the proper order in our perspective. See, we tend to think that we must focus on ourselves first in order to have joy. Well, I remember growing up in, in, uh, in Sunday school or in kids' church growing up, and there was this poster on the wall that had this acronym, J-O-Y. And uh, out from that, it said, J is Jesus, O is others, and Y is yourself. In other words, if we focus on Jesus as the first and primary in our lives, if we focus on him, then what that does is it gives us the ability to then go and help others. And if we're able to go and help others after we focus on Jesus and making him first and foremost in our life, and then that bleeds into helping others and serving others, then what happens is you yourself will get great joy. That acronym, Jesus others, and yourself, if we focus on him. And then we're able to go and serve and help and love others in our community, in our families, those around us, then that will bring great joy to ourselves. See, joy comes from our focus on Jesus first and foremost. Let me give you, uh, can I give you a misconception of joy? And I think this is so often uh, misconceived is joy is something that we choose to walk in. Joy is not a feeling. Let me say that again, just to let it sink in. Joy is something that we choose to walk in. Joy is not a feeling. See, we can look at this all throughout the New Testament. When you look at Paul, Paul in Philippians 3, 1, he was sitting in a dirty Roman prison. He said he had to choose joy. Can you imagine being in a dirty prison cell, being chained up, being locked up, feeling cold, feeling wet, feeling dirty, feeling nasty, feeling hungry? In this moment, 
Paul didn't say he was down and out. He didn't say that he just didn't want to be here. He said that he had to choose joy even if he was going to be executed. See, it's not denial. I think Paul often expressed his grief in hardship, missing loved ones and losing friends. He called it being sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. We see that in 2 Corinthians 6.10. See, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to him in that relationship with him, the more you realize that God is in control in every circumstance that God is in control, that every uh, situation, situation that God is in control. See, as Paul acknowledged his pain, he also made a choice to trust Jesus that he wouldn't, uh, that his loss wouldn't be the final word. Come on, we have to understand that today, that no matter what loss you've been through, no matter what difficulty you've been through, that that is not the final word, that God has the final say, and that he will bring you through a victory. He will bring joy on the other side. It reminds me of Psalm 30 verses 1 through 5. It says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and you did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, he, uh, Lord, you, his faithful people, praise his holy name for his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. And here's the part that I want you to hold on to. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Come on, I think some of you, this is the, 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 the nighttime. This is the midnight hour, but rejoicing is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in 2024. See, now that we have a little more context on what Paul went through and how he handled this, I want to show you a few directives that Paul gave us um, to how we are to act in the coming of Christ and how we are to act in this next season as we are awaiting the coming of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Type that in the chat if you're watching. Rejoice always. Then it says, Pray without ceasing. And then it goes on to say, Give thanks in all circumstances. See, the first thing that we are supposed to do is rejoice always. Can I, can I tell you something? When you look into the original language of rejoice always, the original language means rejoicing always. It's that simple. There's no hidden meaning behind it. It means that we are to rejoice regardless of our situation. We are to rejoice regardless of what we're going through. We are re to rejoice regardless of what the doctor's report says, that we should rejoice. See, and I think that's the interesting part is that rejoicing is is not always our first response. Rejoicing is not always our first response. I can think about this in my own life in certain circumstances that have happened in certain situations that are going on even in our own church. And you can look at those situations and say, oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this situation? How are we going to get through this circumstance? It seems impossible, but then I can rejoice and say, on the other side of it, God is in control. I'm going to rejoice and say, God, you are in control in this situation. You are in control in this circumstance. 
circumstance, you will provide a way that you will make a way on the other side of it. And God, you know what's coming. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. We don't know what's coming next month. We don't know what's coming next year, but I believe and I trust in you in every circumstance. So I'm going to rejoice that this situation is happening because you see what is coming on the other side. See, rejoicing is to feel or show, show great joy or delight. Now, here's the thing. Do you think it would need to be commanded if we did this naturally? Do you think that rejoicing would need to be commanded if we did this naturally every day? Psalm 32, 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Do you think that joy would be commanded if it wasn't always within our own reach? Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, what we have to understand in the Bible and scripture, when something is repeated, it's given with emphasis. He's saying here, rejoice in the Lord always, regardless of what's going on. And when you get down and when you out, and he said, again, I say rejoice. He's putting extra emphasis on this. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. I know life is tough. I know life is difficult. But again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. You're not always going to feel joy. You're not always going to feel peace. You're not always going to feel these things. But again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, even though your work circumstance may be unstable. Maybe you don't know if you're going to have a job in this next season. But again, I say rejoice. Here's what I think we have to do, stop doing in 2024 is we have to stop acting like the victim. We have to stop acting like the victim when uh, we rejoice, when we stop feeling like victims and when we stop feeling like outcasts. See, what you have to understand and what I remind myself of every day is that I am a child of God. I am the king's kid, that joy comes because I'm a part of his kingdom, that I am his child and that he will take care of me. Joy is a result of trusting in him. See, where are you finding your joy in this season? Where are you finding your joy walking into 2024? See, your joy doesn't start in your circumstances, but your joy starts in God. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. This is something I've been saying to myself every week. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The second directive that he gives us is to pray without ceasing. See, when we are praying at all times, when we're praying as a part of our daily life, this keeps us in alignment with Christ. See, just as much as we want to communicate with our spouse, can you imagine if tomorrow I just stopped talking to my spouse and I only told her, I only told Pastor Rach uh, when I needed to eat or when I needed my clothes cleaned, how many know very quickly that I would be living on the couch instead of my bed? You know, if we only talk to God in these moments, if we only talk to him, when we need something, that relationship isn't there the way that it should be. We should be talking and praying and to having that communication with God on a daily basis, not just for the things that we need, but what we're going through, how we're feeling, the things that we need him to come into our life and, and help us reveal to us the things that we need to get help with and we need help seeing on the other side of things. See, we must live uh, with God in our hearts and our minds, giving thanks for all the things, relying on him for our strength. See, our prayer life keeps everything about 
him. It keeps you in a place of dependence and acknowledgement on him. The last thing is this, to give thanks in all circumstances. To give thanks in all circumstances. Now, let me tell you this, that gratitude is a, great, is a gateway drug for joy. Gratitude is a gateway drug for joy. Your thankfulness will take the sting out of what the enemy is trying to use to destroy you. See, Canada, we need people who are full of joy. Ontario needs people who are full of joy. Hamilton and Kitchener needs people who are full of joy. Your job needs someone who is full of joy, people that are full of joy with the joy of the Lord on the inside of them, a joy that is contagious, a joy that can be passed on to other people. Legacy Church needs to be a place where people are full of joy, people of regardless of what is going on in our circumstances, regardless of what is going on around us, that we rejoice in who our God is. There's an old song that we I used to sing growing up in the uh, growing up in the Pentecostal church. It says, "I get joy when I think about what He's done for me." See, when you look back at your life, when you get caught up in the circumstances that are happening around us, why don't you go back and look at the things that He's brought you through at the the circumstances and the situations that he's carried you through and recognize that because he's brought you through that there should be great joy that you made it on the other side of that situation. There should be joy that you made it on the other side of that thing that should have taken you out. There should be joy on the other side of that thing that should have killed you years and years and years ago. See, our joy comes from looking upward, not looking outward. When we look to him, there is great joy. When we look to him, in our, even in our situation, there should be great joy on the other side of it. You say to me, well, what has God done for me in this year of 2023? What has God done for me through this Christmas season? See, nothing's worked out the way that I hoped. Nothing's work out, worked out the way that I planned for. But can I tell you something today that he gave it all for you? He sent his son Jesus 2,000 years ago to die on that cross. See, he died for your sins. He died so that you could live this life. He died so that you could live without sin. He died so that you could live without shame. He died so that you could live without the pain of sickness and disease. See, this holiday season, let us not forget the joy that has come to our world, the joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Come on, as we sing that song, maybe one last time through these holiday seasons, let's remember those lyrics. Let's remember what that means because there is joy that has come to this world because the Lord has come. Earth has received her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Maybe that's you right now. You're about to prepare room for him to invite him in in this next moment because guess what? Heaven and nature are singing and I just believe that so much. Maybe that is you today and you want to say, I want to be in relationship with this Jesus that you're talking about. If that's you today, we're just going to say a prayer in just a moment, but I want to invite you in because this is one of the greatest decisions that you could ever make in your life. I remember as a little uh, seven-year-old boy on my bed in a small coal mining town of West Virginia, when my mom, she read me my Bible story and she uh, said this prayer with me. And it was one of the greatest decisions that I've 
ever made in my life. And I would encourage you that today. Maybe you're feeling that tug. Maybe you're feeling that pull on the other side of the camera today. Whether you're watching on Christmas Eve, maybe you're watching at another time, but you feel something in this moment. That is the presence of God, and he wants to be a part of your life. He wants you to join the kingdom of God. If that's you today, I want you just to say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for saving me. Today I confess of my sins. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for redeeming me. Today I give you my life. Change me. Transform me. Renew me. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, just write your name or you can write us online. We would love to know and maybe send you some materials as to help you in this walk today. I'm just going to end with prayer. God, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that we get to celebrate you this holiday season. And as we are about to walk into 2024, God, that you would be with us, that you would bring supernatural joy in this next season, that you would bring supernatural joy walking into the month of January, that you would bring supernatural joy all throughout the year of 2024. God, that joy is not just a feeling. Joy is a choice that we make and that when we look to you and that when we focus on you, that we have greater joy. So God, I am so thankful for these people, for everyone who is listening, for everyone who is watching today, that you would be with them in this next season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We love you. Have a Merry Christmas. We will see you soon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.